Welcome to It's a Good Life, where it's all about helping entrepreneurs think, feel, and do better. Before we begin, I want to tell you about It's a Good Life Plus, our new ad-free subscription on Apple Podcasts. All you've got to do is open the Apple Podcast app and click on It's a Good Life. You'll see a banner under the logo that removes ads and unlocks early access to episodes. It's just five bucks a month, and there's even a free trial. Either way, continue listening to It's a Good Life and sharing the show with others. And here's our man, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you and welcome to today's program as the year comes to an end. We're going to talk today on reflections on a good year. Now, you might be saying, how do you know what kind of year I had? It might have been a terrible year for me. Well, we began the year by defining what the good life is. We rebranded our podcast, the It's a Good Life podcast, instead of the Brian Buffini show. And we talked about the good life and that how the good life isn't always easy. Sometimes there's suffering and difficulties and challenges along the way. I've had that myself this year. You know, in a lot of ways, you know, you talk about the good life. It has been a good year, but a tough year. I I lost my father-in-law, Jim Robinson, a man I adored and loved, my bride's dad. Moved my mom and dad out of their home of 65 years into a care facility. My dad's health is very, very poor, and, and we almost lost him once. It's been very challenging and been home several times, moved out of our childhood home, emptied it out, and very, very uh, emotional experience for myself, my brother Kevin. I had a bad diagnosis journey. Now, a bad diagnosis in two ways. First of all, it was a very severe diagnosis, and then after I had the surgery, it turned out the diagnosis was wrong. So that was a challenging piece. I've had friends and family. I've had close friends who've had family in crises and you know, mortality and some brutal things happen. We've got this uh, looming recession. We've got a world at war. We've got lots of division in our culture. My goodness, what is there to be thankful for? What is a good life? Well, I will say this, that it is a good life. And in the midst of the tragedy, in the midst of the difficulty, in the midst of the heartache, life is still good. And I really believe that this program, I mean, my life's work the last 27 years has been trying to impact and improve people's lives for the better. And this podcast has been designed to do that. We've been doing this now six years as really not an economic enterprise, but as an opportunity to give and serve and bless people. And if I was to say one thing, the difference between people who I consider successful and people I don't consider successful is gratitude. And the same set of circumstances can impact you. The same set of challenges and difficulties can impact two people. And it doesn't mean it's this wishy-washy, you don't get down, you don't even feel depressed, upset, angry, mad, none of those, those are all human emotions. But at the end of the day, when there's a chance for the dust to settle and some clarity and a little bit of reflection, those things are met with gratitude. And so sometimes our prayers get answered, but they get answered in a way like I prayed to be more loving and, and I get more difficult people to work with. You know, my prayers got answered. (laughs) You know, we don't think about that all the time. So as I even think about the reflections on the good year myself, like my father-in-law, Jim Robinson, passing, brutal. His bride of 63 years, Julie, my mother-in-law, heartbroken, and is to this day. At the same time, what's the good? Well, it was the most profound memorial service I was ever at. It was inspiring to see a man's legacy. He was not a famous person. He was not a rich person but turned out to be a hugely impactful person. It was a military funeral, and just being there and watching the guns salute and the folding of the flag and the inspiration of that. It was also the inspiration of 
the people who shared and genuine, like, you know, the impact this man had on his extended family, the glue of his family growing up, his work, his neighbors, neighbors showing up, colleagues from 30 years ago. And it was like, ooh, that, that's what a good life looks like. And I would tell you the other dynamic that impacted me from that rough experience, that sad experience, was looking at my father-in-law in the casket and realizing, and they had done a great job and he looked good, but he wasn't there. And it, it reminded me again of a core value of mine. It's like the soul is separate from the body and his soul was gone. His body was there and there is a heaven and uh, I need to live my life accordingly. So it was Jim Robinson's final lesson to me and mentorship to me, but it was, a, it was a very hard and sad experience and extremely profound. And, and again, it was good. You know, I've talked about my mom and dad moving out of their house of 65 years, moving into this care facility. It's a beautiful place in Dublin, and they are fantastic. My mother said, they must teach the staff a class on kindness here. And my mother's reborn. At 92 years of age, she's flying. She's taking painting classes, learning the computer doing quizzes. The community there is fantastic. It's a good spot for my dad. He's, he's in the last stages of his life. But my mom's like reborn. So it, as hard as it was, as emotional as it was to move out of the house, you know, for me, I go home to Ireland now, I'm a visitor. You know, our house is gone. And we had one house the whole time. So one touch point for our whole family. So again, it's a good life. It's a good life. Hard, sad, lots of memories, all healthy, the emotions, all good. But at the end of the day, a good life a blessing to be seen, and a blessing to be appreciated. I talked about getting the bad diagnosis and then the subsequent surgery. Well, the truth was, then it turned out to be a bad diagnosis. Well, I could be sitting here and peeing and moaning and I'm going to go get a lawyer or whatever else. The truth of the matter is a bad diagnosis, so I I don't have that diagnosis. And so that's, that's the way I view it. And I'm moving on with my life. Instead of pouring into the negativity and chasing after some jack wagon doctor or whatever else. I mean, I know that's very un-American, but it's like, no, I'm moving on. I'm healthy, fit as a fiddle. I'm very thankful. I got a scare, but I'm, I'm moving on. I'm moving on down the road. I'm putting my energies into the positive, into the good life, and taking the perspective of that. And so, you know, all of these things, you know, these friends of mine that have had family crises and tragedy, what was the good life part of that? It gave me a chance to serve. It gave me a chance to be there for friends. It gave me a chance to pray for them and support them. And so, all of these different things. We talk about a looming recession. Well, great. We have a chance to give people information and talk about how to outgrow the recession. And so all of these different things. The truth of the matter is, and again, at this time of year, as you reflect, and again, sometimes when I encourage people to reflect, they're a little concerned about doing it. There's been some difficulties, maybe tragedies in their life. But at the end of the day, there is also a chance to really make it part of your good life by reflecting and turning it into gratitude. And there is always something to be grateful for. If you woke up this morning, if you're listening to this, if you're breathing air and you're moving around, there's something to be thankful for. And the truth of the matter is when we really count our blessings, now it really becomes a lot of work because there's so much to consider. So just going to give you a couple of thoughts here today. Claude Monet said, it's on the strength of observation and reflection that one finds a way. So we must dig and delve unceasingly. And this is the great time of year to do it. All the year in review shows, all the sports shows, here's what happened this year. It's a great time of year. So first of all, evaluate what worked. That's where you start. What worked this year? The next thing is, what needs a tune-up? And then lastly, I'm going to talk a little bit about photographs and memories. So as you think about 
evaluating what worked this year, you know, review your goals from January. And again, it's always with some trepidation that people do that. Why? Because here's how we think. We all focus on the goals that we didn't reach. As I'm talking to you, I'm thinking of the goals I didn't reach. As I'm saying this to you, myself, because it's just easier to do that. And so we need to take a look at the goals we did achieve. And sometimes we just, we put them in the rearview mirror and we drive on. But the strength for the future is in those things we've achieved in our past. And so that's very, very important. So we must take a look at that. And, you know, we want to review. We want to review. Peter Drucker said, what gets measured gets managed. So we should review what went well. Yet you wrote down some goals at the start of the year. What goals did you check off? What goals did you not? Revisit your calendar and your bank statements, right? So where did you spend your treasure, your time and your money? It's an interesting thing to do. And I do it as a matter of course. And I flick through and I scan through. And again, it's a good thing to do for tax policies and all that kind of good stuff to just scan through your online bank statements and boom, through it and through it. Where did you spend your money? You'll start to see some patterns beyond just the normal bills. It's like, where did you spend your money? Where did you spend your time? Or where did you not spend your money is one of the things to look for. And then lastly, uh, you know, you want to really take time to take stock of what's real. You know, where did you win? Where did you lose? And where are you stuck? Where are you stuck? Where is it a goal you've set that you've set before and set before and set before? And is it time for a coach? Is it time for some help? You know, we all know the pattern is Thanksgiving all the way through the end of the year. And it's, I mean, it's hard. It's, it's hard to avoid. I mean, there's parties everywhere. There's family events everywhere. There's meals and sweet things everywhere. It's hard to not eat a little more richly than you would normally do. And indeed, some of that's the fun of the fair the holidays. And so then we set the goals in January. I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And uh, how do we do? Like, how do we really do in all of that? So where'd you win? Where did you lose? Where are you stuck? Is it time for a coach? Is it time for some help? It's very important. I just, I will say this. I think the one thing I did more successfully this year than I've ever done is get help. And I've done this now in, in every area. In my, in my business, I formed a board. I own my own company. I own 100% along with my wife, the shares of this business. I don't need a board. I don't need accountability. I can be the king of my own castle, but I didn't. I formed a board and created this layer of accountability, both with me and to the organization and then into the organization itself. And in just a few months, the amount of work that's been done has been extraordinary. What I do? I got help physically trying to tick it up a notch. I went and got help. Mentally got help. Spiritually, I connect once a week now with a, a gentleman. We have a fabulous uh, series of engagements and encouragements and, along that line and just uh, made a commitment. And so I would say the best thing I did this year was I went and got more help. Now, it's kind of odd for a guy who's, you know, for more than a quarter of a century ran a coaching company and has been talking about coaching. And I just got more coaching than I ever did. And it turned out I was in more need of it than I knew. And that might be you too. So if you find yourself in your finances, you're a bit stuck, or in your career, in your business, you're a bit stuck, or in your relationships, you're a bit stuck, or your health, you're a bit stuck. Well, go get unstuck. And rather than dig yourself out of the dirt, you know, that there's a phrase, and we cover this in a, an episode of the Good Life podcast earlier this year, the whole pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Well, the fact of the matter is that that was a foolish statement. That was a, actually a joke in British society. 
because they were all horse riders, or many of them were horse riders, and they knew you actually physically cannot pull yourself up by your bootstraps. If you're sitting in the saddle, you can't pick yourself up by your bootstraps. So it was actually kind of a, a, a satirical statement. But in America, it's been taken, you've got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Here's the thing. It's actually not possible. So you need to get help. I need to get help. We all need a bit of help. And it's okay. It's okay. And there's, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you or something broken with you. It means you're actually really committed to success. So look at the areas where you won. Look at the areas where you struggled. And look at the areas where you're stuck. And see if rather than pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you can get someone to help you along. The second thing we talked about is what needs a tune-up, right? And so one of the things that's interesting, I'm great with my cars. I always have been. I'm great with my real estate. I keep everything in tip-top shape. Like I'm the guy who changes his oil before the sticker says I need to. A warning light never appears on my car. I get the cars detailed and I get them cleaned and I do this and I keep my properties in excellent shape. I'm big on that. So I'm big on tuning up stuff, but I need to take that to every area of my life. And so we talk about the five circles, you know, your, your health and wealth, your relationships, your business and career, and then your spiritual life. And so let's talk about those things. So where do you need the tune-up? So in your health, Ben Franklin said, early to bed, early to rise makes a person healthy, wealthy, and wise. So here's one thing maybe this year. How is your sleep doing? You know, I'm going to say this. I've always been a guy that's gone hard, hard, work hard, work hard, work hard. And then my bride would used to say, you're a guy who can turn off the light and be asleep before you're even in the bed. <laughs> like I just, I would go and then collapse. And this year with all the stuff that's happened and health and family and my mom and dad, and then a bunch of trips to Ireland uh, back and forward, a lot of uh, sleep deprivation, which I've never really struggled with. And I know some of you out there have struggled with it a lot. And I can honestly say the last you know, six months uh, has been a very challenging in regards to my thinking, my clarity, attitude. I've really had to work harder than I have in years. And I've, again, I've been able to identify that area of sleep and what it takes to, to get a good sleep. So that's just a little tip I'm giving for myself, but also for yourself. That's something I think that's workable. You know, so one of the things I do is I, you know, don't have the phone by the bed. I work out now as well in the evening, try and tire myself out a little bit, try to get the mind less worrying as fast, you know. Uh, wealth, you know, uh, do a stress test on your finances. Dave Ramsey says you must gain control over your money or the lack of it will forever control you. So we have a wonderful resource for you. Now, we just launched our website a couple of weeks ago called itsagoodlife.com. And if you go on there, you'll see there's lots of cool stuff, including we've organized the content for you to make it simple to find and topics you're interested in listening to, or if you want to binge listen to something. You'll also see we have a tools page there, and you click on that. And one of the things we have in there for you is a page entitled Getting My Money and Affairs in Order. And it basically kind of helps you do a reflection. So we're talking about your year in reflection. And it goes, pick a number that reflects where you are. So this is like the ultimate year-end financial analysis, actually great to do for the start of the year, where credit cards, mortgage debt, reserves, income, investments, insurance, gives you a little scale. And again, if you're a four in an area, the goal is to get to a five, that kind of thing. So I have this here. I'm showing the camera if you're watching on YouTube. So there it is. Go to itsagoodlife.com. Check out that website. And then click on the tools. You can download that so you can reflect on your finances, on your relationships, audit your time and attention. 
one of my favorite anonymous quotes is that there comes a time when you have to stop crossing oceans for people who wouldn't even jump puddles for you. And it doesn't mean that relationships should be self-serving or I only am involved in relationships. What do I get out of it? But I think the other part of that statement is really, as you take a look at your time and energy, who are the relationships that you want to invest in? You know, some relationships become a little more distant. Some relationships are toxic. Some relationships can be rekindled. And some relationships can be maintained at a very high level. And it's like, okay, where do I want to tune up and, you know, invest my time? Your business, your career, is there an area that needs attention? You know, as you take a look at it, you know, where are you at? You know, for for many people, as a recession looms and they start to look at their lead generation systems and not quite up to snuff or their daily activities and what they were doing to connect and cultivate their customers, it's kind of gotten a little... Uh, It's atrophied, shall we say. And hot markets do that. Hot markets do that. We get into bad habits. And so it's just important to dust it off, get back in the game. Cartoonist Alex Todd said, I spent the first half of my career learning what to put in my work and the second learning what to leave out. And I'm definitely at that stage in my career. It's like, okay, what do I need to put in and what do I need to leave out? And that's the same with your schedule. That's the same with your work life. It's okay, I did this and this and this. Do I need to be doing that stuff? We have a little campaign around the company right now called Do It or Dump It. Do It or Dump It. And there's all kinds of things we're finding that, oh, no, you said this 10 years ago, Brian. That's why we're still doing it. It's like, well, 10 years ago, that was a good idea. It's not so much today. Next thing is uh, your spiritual life. You know, meditation, prayer life, time spent outside in religious activities, whatever it is. You know, Michael Smith, he he built the Calm app. And you talk about someone who's... uh, made a fortune bringing value to people. And he says, meditation is a process through which we get to know how our mind works and train our attention to remain where we place it. So meditation is a process through which we get to know how our mind works and train our attention to remain where we place it. You see, I do notice how much more calm I was in saying that. See, the calm app works on me too. So that's a great one there. So we talked about, you know, evaluate what worked this year. What needs a tune-up? And then lastly, uh, photographs and memories. Photographs and memories, the title of one of my favorite Jim Crochet songs, right? So what should we do with our photographs and memories? Well, take the time to soak in your photo albums and videos taken this year. You know, if you're like me, I take more photographs than I ever have in my life, and I do less with them. You know, when we used to have to take a photograph, even the disposable cameras we would get them developed. In fact, uh, one of my first jobs in America when I had the motorcycle accident while I was getting my real estate license, I worked in a photo mat. Remember those things? It was 24-hour photo, which was an amazing thing. You could drop off your film and get it developed within 24 hours. My specialty was the black and white, which is kind of ironic for the guy that married a black gal. But anyway, my black and white development was my specialty while I was getting my leg to heal up and taking my real estate license. But I would say, like many people, I took some good photographs and I developed photographs. Now we take a ton of photos, take a ton of videos. Maybe we even share some of it on social media. But rarely do we get a picture printed anymore. I'm going to encourage you to take the time to soak in your photo albums and videos taken. One of the interesting things for me this year is Apple has decided what I should remember. And now it's kind of a brilliant feature that they'll pull pictures, set it to music, build a theme out, and then send it. And I'll just wake up one morning, look at my phone, 
And then here it is. And I look at it and I'll send it to my family and whatever else. And I go, hang on a second here. Apple just chose what my memories were. And sometimes they're good. And sometimes they kind of miss. No, no, that was the photo from that period of time. So sometimes that convenience, right? Just because something's efficient doesn't mean it's effective. So I just think this time of year, it's great to go through and scroll through and you can delete and edit the things you don't want. But take the time to soak in your photo albums, videos that you took during the year. And then, of course, you'll do what we all do, is uh, you'll bombard those you love with the pictures as you're going through it. And someone who's not in a reflective mode gets 37 texts from you <laughs> with all the pictures. But it's great stuff. Because basically, it's a pictorial example of the year in review. And how much better can you get than that? And so what I'm encouraging you to do is to actually create your own year in review highlight reel. Now, thankfully, I have a video guy in my home, my son Adam. And every year for the past 10 years, Adam has done uh, a highlight video. So what he does now, and in fact, it's a couple of weeks ago, we were sitting around putting our Christmas decorations up. And what he did, he grabs everybody's phone. He grabs your phone, he downloads the pictures, and then he starts sorting through everybody's phone and then builds a highlight reel set to some music. And then Christmas Day, we sit down, watch the film, have a lot of yucks, have a lot of laughs. And you're also kind of shocked at what took place in the year. Oh my gosh, we went to that concert. Is that right? Oh yeah, we went to that place. Amazing. So soak in the photo albums and videos yourself, put together a little highlight reel. And then lastly, celebrate your wins and accomplishments. You know, what goals you did achieve? What were uh, bucket list items that you had? I actually, just since August, so mastermind this year in August, we focused on the bucket list. And we had it as, you know, we gave people a resource to put a bucket list together. So I made my own bucket list. And I was like, hang on, what did I do since then? Well, I went to the British Open with my boys and I took my whole family to the Formula One race in Austin, which was great. And in honor of my late father-in-law, Jim Robinson, who was the most fanatical Steelers fan, and he was also the most committed family man. So we got his whole family together and bought a big box at the Steelers game. And a few weeks ago, got everybody together. It was just a great family time. A third of the folks had never even been to a Steelers game and they're fanatical Steelers fans. So it was just great. I mean, obviously it would have been perfect if, if Jim had been there, but he was certainly there in spirit. And it was just a beautiful thing. It was, again, it was on the bucket list. So because of that, it happened. The Padres made the playoffs, took the family, the, my sons-in-laws. We took a whole crew, got great seats. We had a great experience. Bev and I took a solo trip to Hawaii. And now we go to Hawaii all the time, but we're always bringing people. So we actually took a solo trip, which was great. I had three trips to Ireland this year. One of them was a golf trip with my boys. And then we had our big family reunion in Hawaii as we do every year. Just a few little highlights. I'm just sharing with you a few things that were just like bucket list items. Now, there's a whole bunch of other things there. But as, I, as I'm talking to you, I'm smiling. And you can probably hear it in my voice. And that's what a year in reflection should do. Now, I began today by telling you a lot of difficult things and hard things that went on this year. But I'm finishing this episode today with a smile on my face because I'm filled with gratitude. I'm filled with the memories and the vision and the blessings of the year. Difficult things, hard things to do, some challenging parts. And that's why we call it a good life and not always an awesome life. This program is not called the awesome life. It's called a good life. Somewhere inside the infinite love of God, there's a place for suffering. My man Jim Crochet wrote that song, Photographs and Memories. Christmas cards you sent to me. All that I have are these to remember you. Memories that come at night take me to another time, back to a happier day when I called you mine. That song and the great lyrics of that song, I think about it all the time. Photographs and memory. We're, we're living in a blessed age. 
where we have a lot of photographs. So we're able to preserve a lot of memories. But it doesn't really matter if you have a lot of photographs if you don't take the time to reflect on them. So as you finish this year, I hope you get a chance to reflect on a good year. Remember the difficult things. Remember the challenges. But also, with gratitude, remember the good. Remember the good. Remember the blessings. Review your photographs. Review your successes. Review your victories. And get help for those things in the future as we get ready to help prepare you to launch your year. One of my favorite things to do with this podcast is really get people off to a rock'em, sock'em start of the year. But I think it really helps to get off to a great start if you reflect on the one that came before. Reflect on the wins. Reflect on the things you did well. And then on reflect on the things that are the misses and the gaps and where you need the help, the goals that you set that you didn't achieve. I hope this has been a great year for you. I hope this will be a blessing, this episode. And I hope that it sets you up for the success to come, the lessons you learn from this year that you will use for the years to come. As we finish here today, one of the things I'm very grateful for is my 92-year-old mom who's uh, setting records, winning her classes, getting painting awards, doing well and uh, reflecting on the good life herself as I had a chat with her this morning. And uh, I let her know that uh, we have a recording of her at the end of each one of our episodes, as she knows. And as we finish up the year here, I want to send you uh, part of the good life for me and someone I'm very thankful for, my mom, Therese, who has a blessing for all of you. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. Thank you.